Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Positively Midwest. I'm Steve Jurens, and generally across from me is my wife, Catherine. But uh, she had to go and see her brother coach boys basketball, high school basketball, for the first time in a very long time. So I'm super happy for her, and that's very important. So she's got to go do that and support her brother. So you're going to have a solo episode with Steve Jurens, but also this is an exciting episode, number 52, and we've got a, a guy by the name of Jeff Dwowskin. And uh, Jeff, do you want to say hi to some of the peoples? Hey, everybody. It's great to be here. <laughs> so um, this is uh, pretty cool. We have this... Uh, Steve Joyner gentleman hook us up and uh, looks like he does a little bit of cross promoting and just helping people get their stories out there. And as I checked you out, you've got quite a few accomplishments. Um, why don't you tell the people a little bit about yourself? Sure. Happy to. Um, I am a going on 18 years or so professional stand-up comedian. I'm a digital entrepreneur. I was um, one of the very first people in my state to start a web development company. So that ages me a little bit, but uh, I've been in the digital kind of uh, innovative space uh, a long time. Comedy's sort of my outlet to really kind of get out there and bring some positivity to the world and make people laugh. And with COVID, I kind of, I transitioned that to podcasting and started the Jeff DeWaskin show to sort of bring all my, of the things that I really love together, comedy, social trends, you know, just, you know, pop culture and sort of kind of mesh that all together and get, give something that people hopefully can enjoy and listen to, you know, while we're all going through this extremely weird shared experience. Yeah. Have you done other like uh, virtual things too with, I mean, can you do a virtual comedy show? Uh, with video or does, is anybody into that kind of thing? You know, a lot of people have been doing Zoom comedy shows. Uh, I like to say I haven't done any, but I'm not, but I don't know that I've been asked. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I kind of avoid, you know, comedy to me is like, it's kind of a real special thing and it's, it's, it's interesting and it's, I think it's meant to be done in a certain way and the Zoom, it's very uncomfortable the type of comedy I do to do it in, on a Zoom camera where you can't hear people. So much of what I rely on and, and feeds me when I'm on stage is that interaction and the response that you get. And with that missing, it's, it's hard. It's hard. You know, so, you know, with the podcast, I, when I, I do my bits and stuff like that, I can put myself into the mode of being on stage, but the kind of the difference is I'm able to, with a podcast, kind of create a version of it that's the best it could be at that moment and then put that out in the world. You know, when you're doing live comedy, there's always those variances and you have to pivot because you're hearing the people at that moment respond. You know, you, if you know somebody gave you bad news before you go on, there's different things that mentally can throw you or, you know, they don't laugh at a joke that always gets to laugh. You know, there's little things like that the podcast is sort of a reframing of that where I can kind of deal with it. But I actually started a live show that I started a couple of weeks ago with that I do every Wednesday at nine thirty Eastern time called crossing the streams. And when I, when I had started 
the podcast, part of what I originally was going to do was kind of talk to buddies of mine. And I had a couple of buddies of mine where we we had a couple episodes where we talked about shows that we were binge watching, streaming. You know, we called it Crossing the Streams. (laughs) And (laughs) and so we did that twice. And they, you know, as many, you know, I don't want to, you know, I've had some fairly recognizable names on my show. But the, the one that I did with my, the two that I did with my buddies were very popular. Some of the more popular episodes, actually, you know. And when I, I started to talk to them and I wanted to do more and then I saw everyone doing live streaming and I was sort of like, oh, that would be kind of fun to do a live stream. Because if it's like a show where it's your show, I'm not, I'm just being me and entertaining and it's almost like you're just kind of entertaining with the guests and then people are watching that live. You know, it's not me trying to make somebody um, in front of me laugh, you know, a strange, the stranger. So to me, it's, it's a slightly different dichotomy that I really enjoyed the idea of. So I got a couple other buddies of mine, Sal, Emilio, and Bob Phillips. And so the five of us, we we got together. We each picked a show. We do some banter up front, and then we go in and we do recommendations. So it's sort of like a fun show. You know, we do a little comedy-ish. And then we do actual recommendations, the really good shows to watch. And so we're doing a third one. We're, we're about to do a third one. And it's fun. It's, it's good. It's been getting a good response so far. I think it's something that could have legs. But it's, again, it's one of those things where it's like, you got to find the opportunity to really, you know, do something. And, you know, we can all just go crazy. You know, me getting out of the house is getting the mail. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, so you gotta you gotta do something to uh, to feel like you're giving back to the world in some way. Yeah, we uh, we live in South Dakota, so they're they're a little bit more free range chicken around here. We can kind of still go out and about and and move around a little bit more, and you know, mask up, of course, there. But where where are you guys located at? I'm in Michigan, okay. which is we were doing okay for a while and then it kind of hot spotted again. But you know, now you, you know, I was watching the news last night, hot spots are pretty much, it's pretty much the entire map yeah. is a hot spot. But you know, we've been taking it seriously and, you know, kind of not really going anywhere. And it's fine. I kind of, in a way I enjoy it. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I mean, thankfully everyone's been healthy. I mean, uh, but, um, you know, it, it it's kind of nice to, kind of take a break from everything and reevaluate everything you know stop yourself from the rat race of the day-to-day pressures that you put on yourself that that um the situation has put us in to make us reevaluate certain things so that that's been a you know one 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 benefit to it with unfortunate potential side effects but um if you're fine if you can find one silver lining i think that was it yeah, yeah, I think we found some people were coming back to uh, nature. They were going camping some more, going out to the lake, and you know it was good to see some of that going hiking or whatever. Uh, a little bit more in, in our area, anyways. If they were fortunate enough to access something like that, but um, yeah, I, I always feel guilty saying that because I know you read stories where oh, this one person lost five members of their family. You know, so they obviously are having a much different experience. <laughs> Yes. Than, than, than I am. And you know, so my heart goes out to, to all those folks. I can only speak directly to my experience, but um, in terms of, of the comments that I made, but, you know, I just, 
wanted to say that. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. No, I appreciate that. You know, one thing that, uh, as I kind of, my brain sparks around sometimes, but you said about day-to-day pressures. And one question I wrote down earlier as I was um, learning about you, if you will, was um, since you've been in stand-up comedy for like 18 years, have you, do you feel there's any truth, and this might be more personal for me because I, I, I have done this, I do do this, but where um, there's some truth behind comedians are sometimes the sadder of the people inside, or they might have come from a rougher childhood or something like that. It seems a little cliche, but do you do you find that in your in your profession now that you've done it for quite a while? Um, yeah, yeah. I th- I think you know probably any acting or anything like that. But I mean, you know, when you look at some of the funniest people and, and there's so many tragedies like you know robin williams and, and others that you know the, the laughs kind of hide the pain and you know i i once said to someone i said i i feel like i wasn't messed up enough and she just kind of laughed at me and she goes you're messed up enough your problem is you just don't realize oh, <laughs> <laughs> and so uh you know it, it's like that but yeah i mean you know someone the other day was like oh you're different on stage and yeah, I mean, because when I'm different, I'm on stage, it's kind of like what you said. I mean, I'm not, not hiding the demons or anything, but it's like, I'm, I get on stage to be a different version of myself. You know, it's still me, but it's, you know, an exaggerated version. It's a freer version. You know, it's, it's a moment where I, it's, it's not in a selfish or, um, um, conceited kind of way, but it's about me. You know what I mean? It's like where you can get your voice out and you can do your thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's that's what's so interesting about it. You know, when I step off stage, I decompress, right? So, I mean, I don't, I'm not like that in the, off stage. You know, it, I can be like that on stage. And if someone came up to me at the bar after at a club, if there was such a situation, um, you know, pre COVID. But, um, you know, I just sitting there with a coffee, sipping it, going, mm-hmm, hey. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> You know, it's, it's like, uh, you know, people always, it was funny because the person was kind of thrown off a bit because I was so different just talking one-on-one. And I'm like, if if I was just hyper in a normal conversation with everyone, no one would want to be around me. <laughs> you know I mean? It's like, can you imagine? Okay, Steve, we're going to do that. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like, I find like when I talk to comedians on my show, it's like, I sometimes I describe those are that's the how that those are the the interviews that I do where you can learn about me too because those those are real conversations they're not you know people doing bits back and forth sometimes a comedian will throw out a silly joke but like but in essence it usually kind of gets into a, an actual conversation and when people ask me about comedy it's like sometimes afterwards I have to go like oh I apologize that you probably weren't expecting such a serious answer to your question but it's like there is a seriousness to how you go about it and and, uh, you know being so methodical about it that you know it's the end result is is humor but you know it's there's a lot of a lot of strategic thought that goes into how to do that you know so um so with you having you know being in comedy again you probably had to deal with a lot of rejection um, I, you know, and have to have a lot of patience before you start to, I don't know, you know, get comfortable up there or if, I don't know if that came immediately for you, but how'd you stay positive through some of those transitions? 
you know, it's always, you have to just keep doing it. And there's always going to be ups and downs with comedy. I remember the first time I got on stage, the very, very first time. I, it was the greatest experience ever. It really was. And the second time, greatest experience. Even better than the first time. And the third time, this is a quote from my wife after the show. She goes, oh my God, if that was me up there, I think I'd be crying right now. I mean, that's how bad it was. Wow. It was so bad. And everyone said to me, it's like, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, that always happens. Run the third, the fifth show. You just crash. And it's like, it's, but every time you have a bad show, you know, you don't learn anything from the good shows. Let's put it that way. You know, it's the bad shows that kind of teach you how to better yourself for the next one. And so you have to have those experiences. Otherwise you're solely very unprepared for later. It's like when you start out doing comedy, you're uh, a master of ceremonies. You're the first guy. A lot of times they, they consider that that's the guy that takes the bullet. Meaning the crowd is not warmed up. You go out there, you do the best you can do and you get the best reaction you can get. And sometimes you get lucky and sometimes it's mediocre, but sometimes mediocre for the first guy is the best you were going to do. You know what I mean? It's like you're, you're, you're pivoting that audience from whatever they were doing all day, you know, for the 12 hours that led up to them sitting in that seat to them converting their mind into a show. And right. the MC's job is to get them into the, the mindset. So when the feature comes out, they're ready for the feature. And then the feature guides them into the headliner set. That's why the headliner doesn't come out first, right? So, you know, when you're when you're doing... So a lot of times, you know, people, they'll come out and they'll be good or perceived as really good and they'll be moved out of the MC spot into a feature spot sooner than they should have. And then what happens is later, you know, they'll get into a situation where they can't get out of it or they can't handle it because they didn't go through the training of being an MC. They, you, 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 you can't, you can be as good as you can be, but you can't, you can't skirt the actual experiences. You know, it's Malcolm, uh, I remember his last name, but you know, he says you have to have 10,000 hours to become an expert and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, so it's like, if you skip being an MC, if you skip all those bad experiences, if you skip all those uncomfortable experiences, then you don't know how to handle them properly later or you're learning them at the wrong time because you shouldn't be learning it as a feature, right? You should have already been mastered of that. Yep. So it's, it's just one of those things where, you know, you kind of take it. So the thing I learned from that third show, I walked out and it was an interesting quote. There was a show called, I think it was called Studio 64. It was when 30 Rock came out and then Matthew Perry was like in this uh, Alan Sorkin a longer version. I think it was called Studio 64. It was like a behind-the-scenes Saturday Night Live type show. That was the idea. That that came out at the exact same time as 30 Rock. And there was a scene where she's the, one of the actresses says, I don't know what happened. I, and in the rehearsal, I got the laugh. And then when we did it for the taping, I didn't get the laugh. No one laughed. And then Matthew Perry explains that's because when you... She was, what she was doing is she was reaching for salt or something or asking for the salt or something. And and so it, the way he explained it was, he says, well, in the dress rehearsal, you were asking for the salt. And then during the the, the tape performance, you were asking for the laugh. 
And so there's a, there's like a subtle difference is like when you when you say something and the laugh is the after effect. If you're trying to get the laugh, that's when you're going to come off as as desperate or the audience doesn't find you authentic. And like third time I stepped out, I was expecting them to laugh. The first time, the first two times I went on stage, I had no idea anyone was going to laugh. I'd never really done this in front of a live audience before. So the excitement of me just saying words and then hearing something come back. And then the third time I did it, I expected the laughs. I go, oh, I'm doing this and this is going to bring me those laughs. And so I said it and then my timing was wrong and every, I didn't do it the same way. And so no one laughed. <laughs> and so uh, that was, I learned that like it's the mindset of how you deliver something and put it out there. You know, you have to get really, really good at, at being consistent with, with doing that over and over again. So that the reaction you get back is, is, is the same every time and hopefully it laughs. Sorry, that was a long answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was amazing because you actually touched on so many different things. And uh, one of them I liked was that you, you know, when you talk about uh, makes a, it's like a teachable moment. You got to learn, you know, first off, people have to keep in mind, you have to have your mindset prepared to accept some sort of failure and, and then, you know, be willing to learn from it where so many people give up, you know, or you give up easily. And so First, you approached it, you know, the right way if you had any kind of failure. Then you learned from it and continued to do it over and over again. And, you know, I'm sure you had to keep evolving and coming up with new stuff too. But uh, it kind of gives me a little different sort of inspiration. You know, you can convert it to personal development, to exercise, whatever. You know, you have to make mistakes in order to get better. So, no, I appreciated it. You did. That was a very good answer. Thank you. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about uh, your podcast. Uh, you were winner uh, top 25 indie podcasts from Indie Pods United. And uh, then you've got a really nice rap sheet, if you hear, uh, if you will. So, yeah, tell us a little bit more about all that. Yeah, sure. Um, the the podcast the podcast was one of those things where I'd actually bought everything in 2017 and I was going to do a podcast and I was really excited to do a podcast. Everyone's like, you should do a podcast. I'm like, all right. But I didn't really know what, you know, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it's hard to, to share your voice. You know what I mean? It just, it is to commit to that. And, mm-hmm. but I was going to do it. I invested everything. I bought like a little mixer and all these, cords and all these wire and everything and I had I had everything um, I had everything I had everything all set uh, to do it and it was going to be social media based because I was really into social media and it was going to it was going to be called it was about you know how to get stuff to go viral and it was be called viral intentions and it was a kind of a play on the movie Cruel Intentions, you know, with Sarah and Michelle Geller and, mm-hmm. uh, and so, you know, so Viral Intention, I thought that was cute. And so, so it sat on my desk for years. My wife yelled at me, <laughs> like literally years. And, uh, and so you can picture like my desk with all these wires and the mic and all that kind of stuff. And then she made me throw in a box and, and it made it into the basement. And then, COVID kind of started, you know, hit around March, right? So now we're 2020 though. And I couldn't find the box. 
then I finally found the box. Then I couldn't put everything together. I couldn't, I couldn't put the wires together. I'm very, I'm an illiterate when it comes to inputs, outputs, and all that. Kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, as I, when it comes to my car, I put the key in, I turn it. If it starts, we're good. If it doesn't, I don't know what to do. So, uh, my friend came over, Nate Armbruster, a very funny comedian, and he, he's good at that stuff. And so he set it all up. And then the rule is nobody goes near dad's setup. And, and so, so now it's March 2020, and it's like April. And now it's probably the end of April. And I, I, really, I had created a, a professional intro, outro. Like I had everything ready to go in 2017. You know, I had a logo and art, everything ready to go. But now it's the middle of the pandemic. People are locked up. People are dying more. People are dying every day. And it's a worldwide disaster. And here I am. I'm ready to start my podcast again. And then I, I realized probably not a good time to start a podcast called Viral Intentions. Right. So, so I, I'm like, oh crap. And like, uh, (laughs) I was like, so then I had to like, and then uh, I was talking to my brother who he he does a lot of business focused podcasts and he's like, just name it after yourself and you can do whatever you want. You're not, you're not pinned into anything. And, uh, so I said, all right. So I named it the Jeff Tawaskin show. Uh, my daughter's a designer. She made a logo. I actually hired the same guy to redo the opening. <laughs> I rewrote, rewrote the opening and closing and had the same guy do it because I really liked his voice. And I think like it's important to have a good start. And, uh, and so once I had it going, I just, I, I decided, I think it was over Memorial weekend, you know, the, the end of May. And someone said, I think I heard, though I didn't know for sure. You know, for iTunes, you needed three episodes to be in iTunes. And so I sat down, did the first episode, which is just me, like for 12 minutes. Originally, it was, they were just 15 minute episodes. And so I just, I just sat down. I interviewed a friend of mine who has a, a cool app called Answers RN. And then I'm up another buddy of mine, Bob Phillips, who I had just been on his show, the Salem Bob show with Nate as well. And that sort of gave me the confidence to do it. Like I was a guest on their show and then I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. And, and so then I recorded three episodes and I put them out and, and then just, you know, I just released my 32nd episode. So I do one a week, one a week. And, um, so yeah, so it's like, it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, when you really want to do something, you have sometimes you just, you just have to hit me the right trigger. Everything has to, I think, be right. I think the reason I didn't start it in 2017 as viral intentions was the social media angle maybe didn't light my fire as much as um, the new concept behind the Jeff DeWaskin show, which still has social media. I do a social media tip, like in the beginning of every episode, but it's more it's just a quick tip. It's like a two, two and a half minute thing tops where I just kind of share something cool that I know. And then you can go Google it and figure out the rest. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah, but then it's also like, you know, one of my passions, I love going to comic cons and I love me. Like I go to comic cons and I, I love getting the autographs and meeting the celebrities and my, the, my office, um, the walls of my office is just all, I had bought all matching frames on Amazon and then hung everything 
pop. So it's just everything. It's just my autographs. Once my wife let me, uh, gave me the okay, okay to decorate this office. And so <laughs> that's important. Don't ever do it without asking. Yeah. And then, um, and so, you know, so to be able to talk to kind of, um, you know, actors and people who've been in movies that I know or TV shows or authors that have written cool books that I've liked, you know, kind of, so it's one of those things. And then I started reaching out to comedians that I've worked with over the last 18 years. And lo and behold, I, I think 90% of them said yes. And so I just, you know, started recording and I'm like, Hey, how'd you get Jackie, the joke man, Martling on your show? I'm like, I worked with him. I just shot him an email. He's like, sure, buddy, I'll do your show. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I, my wife is like, really? You emailed him? I'm like, well, he could say no. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I guess that's a good lesson too. I mean, you can always ask, right? I know in life, like everyone's always said that, you know, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's hard on some things, right? It's like, but it's like, if you don't try you're no better off than you were not trying, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Jackie, the joke man, wasn't on my show. If I didn't ask him, he still wouldn't have been on my show. <laughs> but by asking him, I raised the odds. He ended up being on my show. But if he hadn't, but still, but if he hadn't, but then he would have ruled it out, not me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like, you know, so it's, it's always worth it to kind of try. You know, it's funny. It's like most people either don't respond at all, or they say yes, usually very positively. Because I think people are, I think people, no matter how high your pedestal you put them on, when they're asked to do something, they still really, in, in, they're still uh, honored to be asked. They still are excited to be asked. And, you know, some people, I've had maybe three no's, but they weren't no's, two were well, I'm really busy right now, maybe in a few months, you know, which is a no, but <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, and then another one, which is oh, my favorite was, uh, let me check my calendar. I'm like, Oh, you're just going to randomly check a calendar. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Why don't you go check that calendar? And for the record, for the viewers listening, um, it's been two months since he's been checking his calendar for two months. Um, <laughs> So, you know, and this is a guy that I knew. So sometimes it's weird. Sometimes it's like, you know, it's sometimes it's the ones that, you know, some of these people I haven't worked with in 14, 15 years. You know what I mean? So it's like, and what's nice is that they kind of remember, you know, and so it's like, or they do a good job pretending. And But some of them I've kept in touch with over Facebook or they've probably seen my posts. I've seen their posts, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, so I enjoy talking to them and then, um, yeah. And so, you know, so it's, it's kind of cool. So it kind of mixes the whole pop culture, you know, social trends, comedy, you know, it's all, all that kind of stuff. You know, I do a little shtick up front. I have this thing. I've, I, I'm really into Twitter, social media, specifically Twitter. And I, I built an app called hashtag roundup and I have a, a site on Twitter called hashtag roundup and we do hashtag games. So, Anyone listening, you're free to follow at hashtag roundup on Twitter, or download the hashtag roundup app. It's on Google or iTunes. It's free. It doesn't cost anything to play. And, and then like almost every hour, every day, I work with a great group of people and there's different games every like kind of hour, hour and a half. 
And basically the games are like writing prompts, marriage in four words, you know, 2020, a movie, you know, that kind of thing. So mashup games, that kind of stuff. And so, you know, just real fun stuff. So if you're looking to tweet and have fun on Twitter and, you know, kind of engage with the community, it's, it's a, it's a great tool. And so it's one of those things I'm kind of proud that one of my proud accomplishments. Very good. That was on my agenda. So you segued right into your own segue of the segue of that. So that was great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I also was kind of looking through your cool stuff that's on your uh, website. And uh, there's some comedy, multiple comedy festivals on there where you were featured in, um, in those. And like... I'm thinking, what is like a comedy festival? I've been to a f- few music festivals, and you know, there's hippies, and it's a three day event, and you have to go to a porta potty. But tell me what like a comedy festival is. Uh, generally, a comedy festival is you you send in a tape, <laughs> dating myself. You send in a VHS, <laughs> or you send and uh, you know you, you send in a video, some kind of you know that represents your comedy. And it's basically like they put on a show. So like um, I went to the Laughing Skull one in 2011. And so it's basically, I don't remember the exact details. I'm just kind of making it up. But like it's four days of shows and showcases. So you apply and maybe you're a male comedian or you're the female comedian or you're, uh, you know, it's just, I don't know, whatever type of categories they might have. And, and so they put all these shows together. So they'll get a thousand comedians. They'll pick fifty, and then those fifty will do do the shows throughout the week. So then people buy tickets to the shows, and usually they're also involved in some kind of contest where you know you're just best of the festival or something like that. And and so it's it's kind of just uh, you know just an entertainment weekend where the people running it pit hand pick the talent that's in it. And so I did, did some of those. I, I was, I always struggled. I did contests early on. I won my fair share of contests, but they, they never made me feel good, even though I was winning. And it was like the, the whole concept of hitting comedian, comedians against each other is never, never like the whole, the, the greatest, you know, feeling. It's kind of like when you watch Last Comic Standing, it's like, you know, all those comedians are some of the best in the field. And like, they're asking the public to, to pick which one's best. And it's like, you can like them all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there isn't one person who does comedy who's the best at comedy. You know, there's, you know, to the same person, you know, everyone had, would, you could show 10 comedians to the same 10, to 10 different people. And their rankings will all be different of why they, why they liked who they liked. And so, you know, but you know, it, it's still it's entertainment, so it's it's just the way it is. But it's you know, so those, those that's kind of like what a, a kind of a festival a festival is. It's usually you pre-qualify and then and then you're part of uh, a series of shows. Oh, well, that still sounds pretty cool to to go to to see a bunch of different shows. Uh, so yeah, and- yeah, they're, to- they're totally fun I mean, for the audience and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, because you're seeing like really good talent. And okay. So, yeah. Cool. For sure. So I have an interesting question for you, but if you could try to tell me one of your most favorite moments in your career. One of my most favorite. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I, I have it. I, it's, um, I know which one I know it. So I, 
Damn, yeah, contest. I, I feel like contradicting myself, but <laughs> the um, it's it was during a contest, but it wasn't because I won the contest. It was something that happened during the contest. So we were there. It was this, a big radio, like a legend in our area, the Detroit area. Dick Parton and Parton's people. It's like really big name, and like anytime a huge comedian comes into town, they would always go on this person's show. And his wife had cancer and they were doing a, a big um, fundraiser. And so they had a thing where, you know, they wanted all the open micers to send in or the, uh, you know, the not, you know, just the comedians in general to send in tapes. And they were going to pick four people to open the show. And it was sort of going to be, actually, I didn't even know it was a contest, to be honest with you. I thought it was just they were letting four of us showcase for a few minutes at the beginning of this show. Which had Jim Allen, Kathleen Madigan, Michael Costa, I was on the Daily Show, and Greg Warren, and probably a couple other people I can't remember. But it was a, it was a big name show. I mean, just Kathleen Madigan and and Tim Allen alone. And this was like Tim Allen's big return to stand up comedy. He hadn't done stand up comedy in a long time, so this show was a big deal in that sense. Wow. So we we submitted. I submitted and I got picked to be one of the actually three. I think there was three of us that, that got picked. And I didn't know until actually I got there that one of us was going to be a winner and, and go to Cancun. I, so I didn't, I didn't know it was a contest. I really thought it was just a, a <laughs> thing. And you know, you know what I mean? I, I knew that it was a contest to get on the show, meaning you had to submit and get picked, but I didn't know that of the three of us, it was then going to be a contest literally to that night. And so I ended up going third. And when you're third, there's some advantages to going later because one, you can read the crowd, you can know things, you know, things that the people didn't, who went first don't know, especially when it's a contest. Okay. Cause now I'm in contest mode. Right. And the guy before me, he's like, uh, and I'm like, Hey Steve, are you going to do that UPS joke? And he's like, yeah. And I said to him, I said, do you mind if I tag your joke when I go up? And he said, yeah, sure. Go ahead. And the second he said, yeah, sure, go ahead. I'm like, I knew I won the contest right there. And I felt bad about asking, but I asked. Because <laughs> yeah. I, did, I didn't want to do it. If I had done it, if I tagged his joke and, um, and, and didn't ask him and won, then that would have that created some animosity. So I asked him. And I'm not saying it didn't create animosity anyway, but I did ask permission to do it. So he gets up because it's something about it. It's a joke about the UPS guy and uh, having a, uh, an affair with his wife or something like that. It's just, it's a silly joke. So I get out there and my opening line is, you know, Hey, I've got a great day job. I'm Steve's UPS guy. Right. Brings the house down, <laughs> like down, like I'm five seconds in and I've destroyed this audience. It's like, to the point where the judges literally stopped the show. I remember this like it was yesterday. <laughs> Kathleen Madigan says in the microphone, she stops the show, she interrupts me and says, I just want to say what a balls, I don't remember, I'm paraphrasing slightly, but like balls move that was because that could have gone really bad, right? <laughs> I mean, like, right? But what she doesn't know is I've done this, I've followed Steve many times. 
And like, I've done that tag many times. I've already done this so many times. You know what I mean? That's why I knew I was, it was like, that's what, <laughs> that's what I knew. It was, <laughs> so it was like, and then I finished my set, you know, boom. Like it was just, because when you're doing like three minutes, you just, you don't do full jokes or at least I wasn't doing full jokes. I was doing like jokes right to a hard punchline and then I'd move on to another joke. So it was like kind of rapid, boom, 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 boom. And I kind of just destroyed. It was great. And, um, and then I won a trip to Cancun and, uh, it was, it was funny. I remember, uh, that, um, it was like a hundred dollars upgrade to first class. I upgraded to first class cause it wasn't costing me anything otherwise. Right. So it was nice. We flew down me and my wife first class, but like the problem was when we got to Cancun, it was basically like a spring break. Like if you were 18 <laughs> and you went to this part of Cancun and this was the hotel you could afford because you're 18 and this is all your parents would pay for. That was the hotel I was in. And it was like right on the strip, you know, right next to like Senior Frogs. If anyone's been there, they know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And it was just like, it was like, it was, it was, it was the worst hotel. I mean, it was nice being there. The weather was beautiful. But then I think I got sick and I got, I think I ate seafood, like oysters or something. And then I started, like I spent an entire day vomiting. And then, <laughs> And I remember, like, because I was watching, uh, I'm sitting there uh, puking my guts out. My wife is so mad at me because she's stuck in this shitty hotel room in beautiful Mexico, you know, in Cancun. And it's, like, so beautiful. Huh? And, I'm, and I remember the only thing on TV was Heroes. Do you remember that show, Heroes? Yep. Okay, so this is season two, though, where the, the guy, Hero, goes to Japan, yeah. right? Well, in America... He's in Japan, and the subtitles are in English, right? But I'm not in America. I'm in Mexico. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sitting there, puking my guts out, the only thing on TV, and the, and the subtitles are in Spanish. And so it's like, I'm like, I, I'm like, I can't, nothing's working out for me. <laughs> 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 I'm just like, ah! <laughs> so, so, serves me right for winning that way. <laughs> but, um, uh, Anyway, but that was that still was a highlight. <laughs> <laughs> that, and actually, actually, it, was, it formed one lifelong friendship or a long friendship. Uh, the guy, uh, if you were, if someone were to go to the Jeff Watson show and kind of dig back to some of the earlier episodes, I interviewed someone named Big Al, Big Al Muscovitz, and he was one of Dick Purton and Purton's people. He was one of Purton's people, and he was there that night, and. Um, and uh, was one of the judges, and we we remained friends all this time. And he was on my show, so that was cool. Oh yeah, that was very good. You wrapped that up very nicely. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. So this is one other question that we like to ask most of our our guests, if you will. What is one thing, and this could be in your entire life, but one thing that you are most grateful for? Um most grateful for um yeah i i think um you know that's a good question uh <laughs> i i think of, of recent again and I, I i don't say this i say this not um you know with all due respect to anyone who during this COVID has had any you know you know you know people get sick and all that kind of stuff so mm -hmm. but for me personally um you know, it was my family. You know, when you have kids, it's like you never think about them. You grow up and you leave your house, but you never think of it as I just left my parents' house, right? 
you don't think of it from their point of view, right? Uh, yeah. So, um, uh, you know, my my kids uh, had both. My oldest was in college, and my youngest was, uh, um, you know, so we weren't a family union anymore. Like meaning, like under under the same house, and like, uh, and so. Um, it sort of just brought it sort of, and you know, of all the time that I've worked and you know, and had to then juggle my my family's always been great about the comedy, and but you know, that took me away from the house a lot, and you know, and plus a day job and all that kind of stuff. So it was, it was kind of like from March to like uh, March, April, May, June, probably July, you know, August, I guess, and um before they went back to school in September where they had apartments. But, um, you know, it was like, it was a family unit again without any of those distractions. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for that, that kind of extra time that allowed me to focus and, and be full-time kind of as a family because we were always home, didn't have places to go. Um, you know, if I was doing a podcast, you know, that's an hour. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, gone for nine hours a day type thing, you know, like during the nine to five work day. So in, 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 in my personal life that, um, that, that was an extra, I guess, bonus that, you know, once things clear up, that'll never happen again. And so, you know, that, that was, it was nice to have it for a short period. Yeah. I like that. You know, it's, I know that, uh, COVID does, um, affect people differently all over the world. Uh, but, you know, one common message just in life in general, too, though, is to try to find as much, you know, gratitude or, or things you can be grateful for, uh, especially if you're going through, you know, a difficult time. So, uh, you know, I appreciate what you say because it, it really, you can, you should try to find something to focus on that's positive and that's, that you can be grateful for, you know. And, and so you really wrap that up nicely, too. <laughs> this is a great interview. <laughs> thank you yeah just kind of you catch me off guard a little you know that's why I like our podcast is usually so I explain it as raw and organic because we just I like to learn with the listener and it makes it more reactive you know and the questions are more you know I have some written down but most of them are emotional they come right out so um, when people say stuff like that, you know, it just, it almost catches me off guard because it just makes me, I like to stop and reflect, you know, that's in my, in my nature, especially being all, all Mr. Positive and stuff like that. So, so thank you so much for all this. It was really great to, uh, to talk to you and to hear your perspective on, you know, so many different contexts, if you will. Oh, my pleasure. I, I, I had a really good time hanging with you. Thanks for having <laughs> me on your show. Well, yeah, definitely. Uh, and like I said, usually my wife Catherine's with us, but uh, she had to go check out her brother and his uh, coming out of retirement coaching boys basketball in uh, high school and all that. But um, I know he's pretty stoked about it. So hopefully um, they do good. And I wish you could have kind of virtually, in a sense, met both of us. But uh, um, this was really good. So is there anything that you think we missed or you want to touch on before we rock and roll? No, I, I think I think that was good. It was good. Perfect. You've emotionally exhausted me. So good job. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you. Well, why don't we real briefly enter what I like to call the shameless plug zone, and you can tell people um, 
uh, give a recap of who you are, your podcast, how to find you. Um, if you want to talk about crossing the streams, I think that was every Wednesday. Just give a little, little quick plug to end it, and uh, we're good to go. Sure, thank you. Jeff uh, Dwoskin, comedian, award-winning podcaster. The yeah, please I, w- I invite everyone to check out the Jeff Dwoskin Show. Uh, com, but you can also get to it for uh, via the, the URL jeffisfunny.com because I know you probably can't spell Dwoskin <laughs> and that's fine that's fine so jeffisfunny.com has uh, you can play any episode from there and you can click you, know, you can go on Apple Amazon Music Spotify subscribe please subscribe to uh, to all of our podcasts and then um and then, yeah, uh, oh, live every Wednesday at 9.30 Eastern on the YouTube channel, the Jeff DeWaskin Show YouTube channel, or uh, Facebook, uh, which is slash Jeff is Funny. You can find it there. And that's it. That's a fun show, too. If you're looking for great TV suggestions, we have guests and special guests and all that kind of stuff, so that'll be fun. And I think that's it, yeah. Download, everyone download every episode of the podcast. That'll be really helpful. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, do that for both of us, please. <laughs> well, no, you did a great job. Um, obviously, you're experienced yourself, and you've had a lot more years of uh, public speaking, being a stand-up comedian. So I appreciate you taking time out of your um, your day to to chat with me and the Positively Midwest listeners. We appreciate you. So thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. You bet. All right, everybody. So that was Jeff Dwowskin. Hopefully I said that correctly. Uh, anyways, uh, I really appreciate Steve Joyner hooking us up. And, uh, you know, we've been getting some pretty cool guests. We've got more coming up uh, here later. So <clears throat> I think there's a lot of lessons that you can pull off of this episode, even though, you know, that's what I like about how we talk about so many different people. Um, whether it's a comedian, it's a actress in her film debut, whether it's someone who was in the military or all these different walks of life. And what's really important is that you realize everybody, no matter what, no matter how they, they look or they act in life, everybody's dealing with something and you have to take a step back. You've got to do some analyzing and you got to continue to evolve. You've got to continue trying. You have to continue putting in the work, doing the action. You have to do these things in order for yourself to continue to grow. As you grow, you stay positive, be positive. That helps, okay? So, uh, appreciate, again, Jeff jumping on here. Be sure to check him out. We'll put him in all of our, um, on our website and all that. And then we'll put it on the description that goes into the, into the podcast. So hopefully you enjoyed this solo episode with just little Steve Jurens and the, as Catherine is, is checking out the bro law. So anyways, thank you everybody for all your support and listening. And why don't we close this little baby out? Thank you all from the bottom of our hearts for listening to the Positively Midwest podcast. Our hope is to inspire, engage each other's thoughts, and leave you with some great advice. Be sure to join our Facebook group and follow us on Instagram at Positively Midwest Podcast. Make sure you like, comment, share, and screenshot our podcast with all your cool friends. Every little bit helps. We are on most all major platforms, and you can stream it on our website at PositivelyMidwest.com. Thank you. And as always, please always stay positive.